Hello there. Welcome to episode 12 of the Stencil Podcast, Death by Paper Cuts. I'm your host, Joseph Richards. You can find me on Instagram at In the Perimeter. Today, I'm joined by Colin Mitchell, the CEO of Stencil Stop. And if you have spent any time on Instagram looking at stencil-related things, you've probably seen their videos by now. They make custom stencils, which, you know, on the face of it really isn't all that unusual, but it really caught my attention. Some of their videos that they were moving into multi-layers and halftones. And it was really interesting to hear Colin's approach to making stencils since he is coming at it from a business perspective and not so much an artistic one. So they've also built a really big following online too in the past year, so we talked about that process as well. So a little different than our previous episodes today, but I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope you all do too. Well, Colin, thanks for coming on the show, man. Excited to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I watched one of your videos on, it must have been y'all's YouTube, and you talked a little bit about your origin story, that you were kind of doing this on the side at other jobs um, before you made it a full-time gig. Can you kind of talk a little bit about how you guys got going and then what specifically made you choose stencils? Yeah. So when I got my first job out of college, I was a packaging designer. So in my little office, I kind of had my own office and I had this machine that I used to make packaging samples. So the the plant that I worked at, we manufactured boxes like corrugated boxes. And so the samples that I would need to make on that machine were corrugated box samples, obviously. And for my job, I would measure a product or um, kind of make samples to the customer specifications, cut them out on that machine. That's what it was for. But, um, I would essentially use that machine to come up with all kinds of other product ideas because really it just followed the lines that you upload into the machine. So it would cut along any lines, not just like the lines that would shape a box. So I started doing a lot of different logos for the college that I went to Clemson and, just messing around with that and uh, ended up kind of stumbling upon the idea for stencils being that Clemson's logo is fairly complex. It's like a tiger paw, but it's, I guess the history of it is that it's actually like they dipped a tiger's paw in paint or something and like stamped it down, which I don't know how the hell they did that, but um, (laughs) that's the story. So I hate to be the guy that has that job. Yeah, seriously. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it was really just a a lot of iteration and and trying all kinds of different stuff on um on that machine is kind of how the the product came about and then I guess the validation of the business itself like that these could be sold um I guess it was twofold one I drove down to Clemson and talked to a couple stores and that's pretty easy kind of just walk in there ask them hey do people ask for stencils I don't see any in here and they were like yeah we'd be able to sell those. And so that was like, okay, that's sounds good. So they kind of pre said that they would be able to do orders from us with those particular logos. And then I put up like a really um, rudimentary website the first night someone bought one. Um, I think it was the first night. And uh, I don't even know how the hell that guy found us on, um, <laughs> on the internet, you know, like it was probably on the 50th page of Google or something. So that's really what was like, oh, damn, people are truly looking for this as a product. So that's kind of, that was six years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Well, that's cool. So you're basically kind of prototyping it on your other company time. And then yeah, not really having to spend a lot of like market research, just walking in and being like, hey, do people ask for this? So kind of bootstrapping it the whole way to get going. Exactly. Yeah. And that's still like the kind of methodology that we use for product design is like, what's the, what's the fastest way that you can get to a sale? You know, um, it's a lot easier when you kind of have people that say that they'll buy and then you make the product rather than making the product. And then, Oh, I don't know if anyone's going to buy this. Yeah. So that's probably the big difference between probably your approach to it. Obviously since it's a business as opposed to maybe like the artists we have on here typically where 
it's probably the other way around, right? We're making stuff because we think it's cool and hoping people will buy it. And you're obviously you approach it differently because you have to, but um, that's an interesting mindset difference from the people I normally talk to on here. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's the art, the business of art is always really interesting to me. I mean, and it spans so many different things. Not only do you have to be good at art to like be a successful artist, but then you kind of have to figure out what your business model is too. And I think that's where a lot of artists across all like mediums, they feel like they're maybe selling out or, you know, (laughs) I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, yeah, but you have to get good at selling your, your stuff as well. Um, and I guess, yeah, compared to the people that you probably typically have on, I probably did it in the reverse way where the art only came as a result of like needing to supplement the business, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, you're like, you're like responding to the demand instead of. Yeah, exactly. Typically, we, we would be like, well, my art is good. People should just buy it because it's good. Like that, right, that right, kind of reasoning. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have talked to some people that they're really savvy with you know, their social media or just business and like the amount of thought they put into a piece. Like I talked to one guy, he he said he does different color combos depending on where his gallery show is going to be. Like the U S likes different colors versus Europe, which is, I'm like, I would never think of any of that. Like when I'm putting something together. So yeah, that's wild. It's definitely interesting how people approach it. Um, So before you did that, did you have any, experience with like stencils in general or that was just you kind of figured that out as you you went as well yeah i had no trying to think if i ever used the stencil now it was it was pretty much like the starting point being that i wanted to start a business and that was the business that and honestly back then like i tried all kinds of different ideas like i said i was prototyping on that machine i was trying all kinds of different websites and the stencil thing ended up being the thing that kind of came through after all these years. And even to this day, I still like, Oh, I could start this or I could start that, you know? And I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs kind of have that mindset about always wanting to start something new and feeling excited by that. But yeah, certainly the, the market of stencils has like, it's always like been, it's been growing and successful the whole time I've been doing it. So I've definitely stuck with it. Well, yours is really different too, because so stencils like selling the pre-made as themselves is not like a new business, right? But y'all's is different. I've never seen anybody do sell like multi-layer stencils or now you guys are getting into half tones. Like I've never seen that or people coming to you and saying, Hey, I want to do like maybe like the Muhammad Ali. I, I think every person I've talked to on here, we've all done that stencil at some point. Yeah. As we learn, that's like one of the first multi-layers you do. It seems like. Is that something where people are coming to you like, hey, can you cut this? And then you're kind of branching out from there. Because I see like that and like the the Tom Brady one, I see a lot, that video. So the the progression of that product, um, it's kind of interesting if I'm thinking back to the beginning of it. Usually I'll consult with my all my employees on like if they have any ideas generally and, and what typically it's like ideas to help them, right? So what's going to support customer service? What's going to support the designers? And really going back to the very beginning, custom stencils for us started when a customer or customers just started asking, hey, can you do this thing that you don't have listed? And then we realized custom stencils is actually the business and not all of the kind of pre-designed stuff. And so... Then kind of going off of that, that's how I always approach things because back in the day, it was just me. So if a customer said, can you do this stencil of my dog? I would never say no because I want to get paid. (laughs) So I would try to figure out how to do it. And then if they didn't like it, you know, refund them, obviously, but um, kind of figured it out. First couple designers, same premise. Customers started asking like, hey, can you do these multi-layer stencils? So I don't think we even came up with it on our own. I think it was customer driven. And I, I didn't know how to do it at first. The, my main designer, I asked her and she was like, yeah, I can figure it out. And then so that's kind of where we started doing it, listed it as a product. But yeah, going to like the current social media that we have and the Muhammad Ali one that you mentioned, a couple of the viral videos that that we've made. 
Um, I really started getting into it like a year, probably 18 months ago with the layered stuff. Cause really I was just trying to create new content for the Instagram essentially every day. And so, yeah, going back to you mentioning about the guy with the color selections and the, uh, you know, being that precise about it. That's like the opposite of my approach. I just like post everything. I try to make one thing every day and post it. And I think it's gotten better over time, but that's, that's kind of been challenging to do, but yeah, essentially going back to the layered stencils, that was a kind of customer driven thing. And then as the videos have improved over like the last six to eight months, then those pre-made sets and the videos have improved. And I think my design skills have improved with them as well. So I think that's really what's driven the growth of like that product for us. Well, as a, as a Brady fan, I do like it when that pops up in my feed. So I appreciate that one. (laughs) Yeah, I guess your design skills, right? The volume do are just going to improve kind of organically. I watched, so I watched two of your videos. You had one that you did on Procreate that I saw. And then I watched another one that you did, um, the Tiger Woods one. You went from like Photoshop to Illustrator. Yeah. I think that one was just in August in the past year, maybe. Yeah. And, um, that was really interesting. So the way you did like your color selections, I hadn't seen before and I don't have illustrator, but I did download Inkscape right after that to try and get into the, the vector stuff. So you inspired me on that a little bit. Like how did you, how did you come across like that color selection and just the way you do it? So I do like, um, I have like custom palettes for the spray paint and then I, I just do like an overlay for each layer, which is probably, I feel like every, every episode I say something and they're like, this guy doesn't know anything about anything, right? Like I have my own way and there's probably a hundred different ways to do it. Right. Um, so I was real curious, like how you came across yours. About, yeah, I guess during the pandemic, I started trying to watch more cause I had nothing to do, right. Just content to create content to consume. So mm-hmm. I came across a couple artists on, um, on YouTube while we were trying to figure out like what our YouTube strategy should be. So I was just watching random artists trying to figure out, you know, what's out there, what, what kind of stencil content is being created. And I found this guy named slew. Um, I think he's out of like New York city, but he does a lot of stencil art and he actually came out with a tutorial and I pretty much jacked his whole method of, layering and colors and everything so yeah i mean he's like a true like legit artist i just like the tiger woods one is a good example of like i kind of start with something that already exists i very rarely do i draw it out of my mind uh like from scratch i always kind of start with an original image so um but i i bought his tutorial. So he came out with a super detailed one, similar to the one that I did. Um, just like an hour in the details, every little thing. And I just followed along and really the color selection principle that I got is, is from him. So those different values, basically, I think the order, if he does four layers, it's like the second lightest and then it's darker and then it's the darkest and then the lightest. Um, typically is a good formula if you're going to do four layers and then jumping around from there. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe it. Sometimes like you can do different layers, but yeah, that's, that's basically the gist of it where I got it from. I think I know who you're talking about. Does he do, I feel like he had one. He has like these giant heads. Yeah. 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 yeah different colors. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some of his stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't seen that before and I typically just go dark to light on my layers. So the jumping around like that was interesting to see too. Typically on that, like I have to do more bridge work yeah, to, to cover some of that. And sometimes you have to go back and, and hit layers again, but um, I might try that on some of mine, my smaller ones, uh, layer counts. So when you pull an image like that, especially, I know you did that one for a friend, I think, if I remember that correctly, the tiger one. Do you guys run into like licensing stuff or is that stuff you have worked out? for images like that or is it no i haven't worked anything out with it i mean typically 
I guess we do sell some of them. I've talked to a like a copyright attorney about this, and it seems like the consensus of what uh, what he told me was that it depends on everything. <laughs> so, like every question I asked him, he was like, "Oh, it depends on how you look at it." So, if I understand it correctly, legally. If you create like your own artwork, even if it's based on something else, but it's like unique enough, mm -hmm. you can sell it. However, if or it, if it is or isn't unique enough in this circumstance with a lot of these can be up for debate in the legal sense. So realistically, if someone owned that image or Tom Brady, for example, DM'd me and was like, hey, Colin, take that down. <laughs> I would just take it down like it's we're not really... You know, and we're not selling enough of these where it's like, you know, we don't have this in every Home Depot. And Tom Brady being a good example is like there are how many entities that could like get mad at this. The photographer, the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, if he's wearing a Nike jersey. Like, I mean, I, I it, it's just so much stuff that I don't know. Just kind of just kind of figuring it out along the way. So if any of those people ask me to take it down, I'll happily take it down. The videos, I don't worry about too much. The products are a little, a little bit different, but it's almost like the stencil stuff is kind of a gray area because it's derivative enough where people probably aren't going to come after you. It kind of like right. depends what he's saying, like how litigious these uh, companies want to be about it. So. I mean, at the scale most of us are doing, I can't imagine they would ever see it, much less care about my my two stencils that I'm doing of some copyrighted image, right? So exactly, yeah. If they see it, um, I guess I'm doing something right. So that's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess if Tom Brady DMs you, you're just gonna we're gonna exactly. screenshot that bad boy and uh, <laughs> and throw that up. Yeah, that's funny. So your design team then. Are they stencil artists or they're probably more graphic designers that you've kind of taught to to do what you want? Yeah, more, I would say, graphic designers. They, um, they're all overseas, actually. So we kind of do stencil like packages sent out to them every like quarterly. Um, but yeah, they don't actually do a ton of the hands-on stuff with them, which is something we're trying to change like as a company, right? Because we're this DIY focused kind of brand. And so... Um, they're just like, you know, in the Philippines and India. And so we manufacture everything in, in California. So we don't get stuff out to them so often, but they definitely, every time we send something out, they have like an idea of ones that they've done for customers that they, they're like, make me another one of these. I want to try it, you know? So it's pretty cool to see that they're like excited about what they're creating, but yes, to answer your question, more graphic design. Um, in like Photoshop and Illustrator in the weeds with that. Mm -hmm. I was just curious because it's probably even on your video. So you can tell that you've cut stencils because just the way you look at things, especially like with the islands, you went through that on the Procreate one, like explaining to people. I'm sure they're aware of it now just because of how many you've done. But normally people are not going to think of like little stuff like that unless you've cut them out on your own. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. I was just curious how that I'm sure that just comes as they do more of them, they know what to look for. Well, and it's it's interesting kind of creating the processes for it. So yeah, like you just call it an island. I never heard of that term before. That's actually a great way to call it. Cause like if the other ones are bridges, that makes sense that uh, a flow oh, really? is an island. Yeah, I never, never. That's funny. That's a good example of like, we we're always coming up with like unified kind of language and processes to figure out how to improve stuff. So like, the halftone stencils is a good example. It's like I haven't actually listed it out on the website yet. So every we've done a few orders. They're just from Instagram and I do all the designs. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to like create a product page and then I have to do a little bit of training with the designers and make sure they know how, like what's an acceptable outcome and, and what's the process for creating these. So yeah, it's always interesting, especially like with the layered ones, with the even the regular logo ones. Like, how do we, how do we want it to look? How, what's kind of our design standard across all these different random stencils that we're creating? So that's always an interesting process. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> that sounds like quite the tall task to standardize all that. Standardizing design 
seems kind of like a oxymoron at, at the it, it really does yeah yeah because it's always up to the customer too like if they don't if they don't like how it looks or where the bridge is then we have to do it how they want it so i i try to put all my principles onto the designers but you know it's still a creative uh endeavor so they can do it how they want to do it for the most part if the as long as they're we kind of look at uh rejection rates so the customers get like a infinite number of um proof approvals like they can request edits as much as they want and so we kind of try to look at designer rejection rates and then every month we'll go through and look at like okay these three orders went through five six revisions what happened with these ones why what can we do next time to get it right on the first couple tries rather than doing it five or six times so yeah it can be pretty tedious making it all a process but yeah it's a lot of like education and learning and uh, auditing of what we have going on well that's an interesting idea though yeah i was trying to think of what kind of measurables you could come up with to to track design success but that's that seems like a good one rejections rejection rate and uh, turnaround time is another one so like how fast we get the original proof to the customer mm-hmm. is uh, is one we look at as well. Okay, cool. That's and on the bridges too. Like, I wonder how many people even notice that stuff. I know you mentioned in one of your videos that it, they probably don't unless it's just egregious, right? You talk about, and I think most of us do it too. You try to work with like the the curves of the piece and not just draw random straight lines everywhere that right. are going to draw your eye to it. Um, is that something people even pick up on? Yeah, actually, you'd be surprised. Is it really? A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people, like, especially with text, um, you know, like a capital A, and you add a bridge in there, and they're like, hey, can you take out that line? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, no, nah, not really. Like, And so sometimes there's three or four emails going back and forth with customers where they're like, I don't, I don't really understand, like, why you can't take it out. So we have a, an article on the website that, or like a little graphic that they, the customer service sends to those customers to kind of explain it. Video would probably help too, which is something that we're working on creating things like that. But yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah, people don't um, fully understand why it all needs to be connected. No, I get that part. It's, yeah, I was just curious if they would notice why it was designed a certain way. You mentioned the halftones. So that's just something kind of you're working on now before you roll out. I saw, I mean, y'all are, yeah. seem like in the past couple months that's kind of picked up you posting videos about that stuff yeah so they're they're pretty easy to make so a lot of the videos actually you got me on a good day i i have a social media intern starting today so i'm finally not going to be managing (laughs) uh, all of this stuff myself on social media but they're easy to make so that's kind of why i've been doing a lot of them the um a lot of people like them so that's been helpful. I mean, the, the, the video stats haven't been like super high um, compared to some other stuff I've posted. So the content isn't, it's kind of like filler, but, but there, you know, there have been a few orders, which tells me that there's going to be demand for it and we can kind of include it in the mix of things that we post. Um, so I actually got the halftone stencils um, idea from this guy. He might be good for your podcast, actually, David uh, Galinsky. Yeah. So he's the one that showed me that actually. Um, I saw that on his page and I actually did a little FaceTime session with him and he showed me, he sent me, so that's, that is a Photoshop. I think it's called like an action set. So you install it in Photoshop. Basically you press play and it runs like, it's like hundreds of little, like, like, I don't even know what they are, just actions in Photoshop. So it's like, rather than you doing it manually. And it gives you six options of halftone results, which is really? super easy. Yeah. So it kind of automates it? Totally automates it. Yeah. Interesting. Like, I haven't heard of that. Virtually 100%. I can actually, sh- yeah, it's pretty It's pretty cool though. So he showed me that. And then um, it took me kind of like with watching Slew's tutorial or like with uh, David having shown me that I took a few months to like, it was on my to-do list. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's finding like a Saturday when I can sit down and be like, all right, let me like learn how to do this. And then that one was, I mean, it was really easy. So um, the only thing with it is the uh, lines that it generates can often be 
too thin to be like bridges. So I'll throw it and procreate. And this is, this is the part where I need to show the designers and they don't all have iPads and procreate. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to do this. Cause like basically what I do in procreate is take the pencil and like erase through each of the lines that are too thin to make the bridge a little wider, to make the material a little thicker. Mm -hmm. I don't know how the designers are going to do that with, they shouldn't have to do it with a mouse. uh, And (laughs) I mean, that's too hard. (laughs) Like I've tried it myself. So I'll have to figure that one out. But yeah, that's basically the gist of it. They're pretty easy, probably 10 to 20 minutes per design on those. Oh, wow. I don't do a lot of those because those like to hand cut those is just. Oh, yeah. Murder. Forget about it. And yeah. <laughs> I did a couple in the past few months. Um, some people, that's like all they do and they do crazy stuff with them. But I just it was like mind numbing to sit there and just cut the lines and kind of going cross-eyed the whole time trying to keep straight of everything. Now, uh, are you when are you like one of the artists that prefers to hand cut your stuff and you think like if you order it? It's not like your art anymore because there's a lot of people who are like steadfast hand cutters. Yeah, no, I am not. I do hand cut everything, but I'm not opposed to okay. upgrading that at some point. I like for me, and the, I think for a lot of us that do it, it's it's like relaxing to a certain extent just yeah. to do that and cut. Of course, the more kids I have, the less <laughs> the less time I have to do that. So. <laughs> I mean, I've talked to a couple of people, they do laser cuts. So, um, like one of my favorite artists, Logan Hicks, he does laser cuts. Um, so it's definitely a thing, but yeah, there are some people that are violently opposed to any machine yeah. <laughs> working on stuff. So I did buy a, uh, one of those silhouettes just oh, for nice. smaller stuff and like stickers. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually set it up yet, but I do have, <laughs> I have the box in my office, but so do you get a lot of pushback on that? Like, you, you're talking about like comments on your on your posts or? No, I think like actually uh, Slu is uh, is a guy when I watched his videos, I think he was like, I, I don't, I don't, uh, you can order stencils. I don't do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I hand cut everything. And I, I think that was the first time I was like, oh, I like guess, I don't know. It is a thing in the community. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, it depends on the person. But yeah, some people are very opposed to it. And yeah. I get it, but it's also, and I just do it for fun too. It was like how I was making money and, you know, yeah. maybe those, those bring in more, I, you know, I might swing more their way, but just as a hobby, I'm kind of, at this point, I'm like, whatever gets it done right. kind of situation. Yeah. If you're just messing around with it every once in a while, I mean, it's probably not worth ordering something for 50 bucks or whatever if you're like if you're doing it for fun right so mm-hmm. that's totally understandable like re- regarding the comments I'll, the the mo- the most like commented thing that's not positive i would say is like that's not art or that like that looks easy or something which is i always try to respond like yeah like it looks easy it should look easy because <laughs> that's the point of us selling these so that's literally the sales proposition it's so that discussion kind of happens on every, even before you get to the cutting. So there's people that, you know, get mad that anybody, like I use Photoshop, like I can't draw, I do everything Photoshop. So that's, that's a big point of contention for some people. Like, well, you should be hand drawing or, you know, I try and take my own pictures. So I feel like that kind of cancels out <laughs> some of it, but yeah, there's definitely, but I mean, whatever it's, we all have our own methods. I mean, as long as you're having fun, I don't, I don't see the harm in however you get it from like your head to the canvas. It's kind yeah, of irrelevant to me. Exactly. I, uh, I kind of had this not like an epiphany, but I, I've always thought I've always, so my mom's an art teacher. And so I've done like art, uh, classes with her back in high school. And over the last few years, I've been like, yeah, I need to like learn how to draw. Like I need to, I need to do, I need to like, put the pen to paper and like draw something that's in my brain, which I just cannot do. And then I realized like Photoshop is just a tool, like a pen and paper is a tool. Just, you're just doing it a different way. It doesn't just more modern. It's different, but I can get things out of my brain into reality in Photoshop and illustrator much more easily with a mouse than with a pencil. So Mm -hmm. I'm fine with it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of going back, I just want to circle back real quick with like the design. Do you use, do you ever put like registration marks on any of your stencils? Like for the multis? Is that something people ask for? Yeah, that, so that's an option on our layered stencils products. Okay. So you can get registration marks. I I don't use them just because I line it up to the canvas pretty much every time. Um, mm-hmm. I have been doing some lately, some of the Halloween ones I did. I just kind of eyeball lined them up. And it's easier for me because I like going through the process of designing it in Photoshop, Procreate, and then Illustrator. I uh, like I'm, I'm constantly like lining it up and I know where all the parts kind of mesh together. So when I do it in real life, it's like the last little finishing bit. I know where everything is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So we do provide registration marks and I'm kind of looking at doing that for uh, the pre-designed layered ones that we send out. Just it's, it's tough to determine like the thing about stencils is that it, it does come with a lot of education. And so we're working right now. We're really trying to solidify what goes with the product, what supplementary aspects go with it. So I think a lot, what's happening right now is a lot of people are seeing the stuff from social media and they're ordering it, but the only thing that they have to go off of is like the videos from social media. We don't have a ton of literature and videos that are like supporting the product so that people can be helped with completing their projects. And that's really what we're working on right now. So not only trying to provide that stuff for them, but then also improving the process along the way, if necessary, with things like registration marks. Yeah, that's probably something that even if you send them, you know, the pre-made stencils with them, a lot of people are going to look at it and be like, well, what, what are these X's for or how to, I also imagine that a lot of people will just spray those on like their piece. Yeah. (laughs) They'd be like, it has a little plus on it. Right. (laughs) You kind of learn like, well, you got to put painter's tape or something down and spray on those and then you can peel them off and it's not on your piece. Exactly. (laughs) I'm just imagining that. Yeah. That's something like people are not even going to know what to ask. Right. So you're trying to like anticipate what questions they should ask, not like what questions they are asking. That sounds like exactly. Yeah. I mean, I always try to look at it from the perspective of someone who knows nothing about anything that we do. If they opened one of our packages and they had a layered stencil in front of them, they need to be provided with like a ton of information to actually be able to use it successfully. So we're talking picking the colors, picking the paint, how to paint for all the different types of paint, and then how to line them up, how long to let it dry. I mean, all kinds of different factors. So that's what we're trying really working on right now is the layered stencils, especially is kind of like the flagship one that I want to provide all that literature for. And then the other products are a lot easier to kind of, support i think because they're one layer or like an adhesive stencil you know you just kind of peel it stick it paint it less steps Mm -hmm. yeah and it's hard too because you know how to do it so you almost i guess you almost have to give it somebody that has never done it and like watch them right and see yeah exactly and see where they mess up yeah yeah i was trying to think because even if i did it i've been doing it for a long time i would still probably skip over something that is crucial information that I don't even think give a second thought to. Right. Like maybe putting the, putting the, putting the tape down underneath the marks. Like I just, it's like a second nature. I wouldn't even think not to do it. Is there anything that's like surprised you how popular it is like a certain design or the first one that went viral was well on Instagram, really it was the um, like a ballerina design one that we did. So that one got 7 million views on Instagram, which when I posted that, I think we had 4,000 followers and that was in March that I posted it. And Mm -hmm. talking to you right now, it's November. We have 72,000 followers. So that really, that really helped on the Instagram side of things. And so, yeah, that was super surprising in terms of, and I'm still surprised every day, but I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you on this podcast. That's like for right? Artists, right? And so that's where it kind of like going back to the beginning of what I said, it's like it was only ever me trying to sell more stencils Mm -hmm. and create content for the business. And then 
when there are comments that are like, wow, this is incredible art or like all these people reposting it and sharing it. It's like, Oh man, like I didn't, that's not even what I had in my head to create. <laughs> like was art, you know? I mean, I know it was on a canvas. I know I like did the design and all the colors and everything, but it's almost like, wasn't my primary directive to create something. Uh, I mean, it was, but it wasn't like, it wasn't from that same kind of art place that, you know, you just sit down and you make something. Mm -hmm. It's almost the opposite of what you're describing to me is like for a <laughs> hobby, you do it for fun when you have free time for like enjoyment. It's like, this is just pure like work to get more sales. Right. And so that it's become something that's like, seems artistic and can be like well-designed has been super interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I never really saw it progressing into these layered stencils at all. Um, but that's kind of over the last six months, that's been something that's become a, a significant part of our business for sure. I, I wonder if like those of us that are in it have been in it for a while, maybe take for granted what people's reaction is to it sometimes. Yeah. And also like we don't have, you know, 70,000 followers to, to maybe get that feedback from. Yeah. And probably typically if they're following us already, then they already kind of know what, what the deal is. So they're not like impressed with it <laughs> anymore at some point. So it's not really due. Um, I was going to ask you about that. I knew you guys had jumped a lot in the past year. I didn't realize it was from four to 72. I checked it like, right before we started coming on. Um, I did notice like, it's probably related like the past year, you really stepped up like your YouTube as well the videos on there. I saw the channel started a few years ago, but like the past year, the activity like really picked up uh, posting wise. How do your views carry over from like there to Instagram? It seems like Instagram is maybe more eyeballs than, than what you're getting on YouTube. For sure. So YouTube, we, we still haven't really solidified our strategy. And basically what we do right now is take the and luckily it's YouTube shorts, which is, which is their new thing where you can do like the little 30 second video, basically the TikToks and that's their TikTok competitor. So that's been super helpful because we have those that I'm creating for Instagram reels, TikTok and, um, and YouTube shorts. And honestly going into like a little bit of luck of it, Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, they, I guess they had the explore page before, but with reels, that's really why a lot of the ones that have gone viral on Instagram have. I don't think there was that viral component of the explore page so much before. So that's been super helpful. Obviously that's like their TikTok competitor as well. And we've had a lot of success, like really my most successful video that I've created was six, I think about six weeks ago on TikTok, we got one with 13 million views now. So that's, that's been super helpful. I know it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Those numbers, I, I, those numbers don't even seem real to me. Like that many eyeballs on something. I was sitting there the first day I posted it and it, like I would refresh it and then I would refresh it again. And every time I refreshed it, there was 10,000 more views. And I was like, I cannot believe 10,000 people are watching this every two seconds. Like that, that doesn't even compute with my brain <laughs> that that many people are on their phones watching videos at the same time, let alone watching this this freaking video, like what the hell is going on? We live yeah. in a simulation. But, <laughs> um, yeah, man, the YouTube, what I want to do for YouTube kind of going back to the uh, literature and the learning of the product is like, I'm trying to do this like vertical or I don't know if it's horizontal, vertical, maybe it's more horizontal approach of creating the content now that's educational around the product. So the layered stencils, I'll go back to that, is like what we need to do is create this page on our website that we can send a customer to and they'll learn everything or they'll have access to learn everything that they need or want to know about layered stencils. Mm -hmm. Then for each of those topics, what I want to do is create YouTube videos, like for the things we said, how to choose your colors, how to align your stencils. And they can be one, two, three minutes, however long that they need to be. Um, and so that's kind of what our macro YouTube strategy is going to end up being. Luckily with YouTube shorts, we've kind of had a little bit of filler where we can create or we can really just reuse and distribute the content that we're creating for these other platforms. Cause I, cause I do think people can, we, we can post onto YouTube to support existing customers. And then ideally 
if people are searching for those things as well, that can be almost like a sales funnel to where they see our educational content. They come in and they're like, oh, these guys have like all of the stencil knowledge. That's where I need to get my stencils from. And obviously like the main reason right now is one, it's going to help our customers and it's going to help our customer service team. So right now they have a lot of templates for like those types of questions, but they do get asked them. And ideally they, instead of starting to send like a paragraph of text explaining something, they can start sending like comprehensive videos and articles and photographs so that all the different types of customers who learn in different ways can access that information at any time rather than just like emailing back and forth with a customer service rep. So kind of works across all those areas. Yeah, it's a tough medium to just send them maybe a uh, technical manual and right. say, figure it out. Yeah, it yeah. Really definitely works better for stuff like this. And, you know, on, on YouTube, there's really kind of a void of that educational stuff, um, specifically stencil related. So even some of the, the issues I have, I'm still going on and finding like Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever videos, but they're not stencil specific, right? So I'm still trying to learn things and, and then apply that to my designs or, or whatever I'm working on. But, and I know when I first started, there was maybe a couple tutorials on there for Photoshop design. Now there's like pages of them. So like that part, that part, there's a lot. And then you have like a lot of time lapse of, you know, like kind of like what y'all do painting the stencils, but there's not a lot that go from start to finish. Like here's my design that I'm choosing. Here's the design process, the cutting, and then the painting. So I know yours will be broken up into smaller sections, but I still think that's probably unique on, uh, on that platform. Hopefully. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the goal is to answer all those different questions. And, you know, I don't know how many people have the questions, but if they're getting specific enough to asking something like, how do I choose colors for a layered stencil? Then that's definitely a potential customer for us. Well, I think for sure once they may not have it before they do it, but I think once they paint it, and you get four colors that don't go together at all. It right. looks, <laughs> looks like a ghost or something. Yeah, it can yeah. turn out badly pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. So I imagine after that first try, a lot of them are going to be searching for yeah for that information. Yeah, so that's a, I think that's a great idea. Um, so I know you guys laser cut. And just out of curiosity, is there something you see on the market like you would recommend for home use? Like say for, for one of us that, that kind of does this? I know like Glowforge is the big one like the most popular, do you see anything like outside of that that would be a abuse to somebody trying to get into that? That's a good question. Um, I mean, the the silhouette, is that, or the cricket, whichever one you said you had, kind of same difference. Um, they're just a little small, you know, that's the, that's the issue with those. You can't really get bigger than the eight and a half by 11. You know, they have like plotters. So, you know, depending on the material that you want to work with, um, you could get a kind of like a plotter machine. So you would print off a roll of material or I guess cut off a roll of material and it's got this oscillating blade or I guess a blade that just goes back and forth. And we use one of those for our adhesive stencils. And the constraint is only in the left to right direction. So if it's off a roll, you can kind of go as long as you want. So that might help, you know, if you need to make something bigger at home, you can make it in in pieces that only need to be attached in one dimension, which would be nice. Um, And I think you could probably, I know on like Alibaba, it just depends. I would look at the reviews. We bought one from, um, I think ours was like three or $4,000, which isn't, it's not like supremely affordable. Uh, It's more affordable, like in the industrial sense for a business, but um I think the Glowforge is what, four or five grand? I was going to say, that's not a yeah. lot at all for like an industrial size. Like Glowforge, I think their biggest bed is 18 to 20 by 24, somewhere in that range. And okay. then, so that with the filter is probably in the four to 6,000 range. I've never actually worked with the Glowforge, so I can't vouch for that one specifically. Uh, I do like, you know, laser cutters, but yeah, I don't know. Being at home, like, Ours, we have an air compressor, we have exhaust fan. I don't know, like setting that on your table in your garage <laughs> might be like a little, I don't know. The hazardous like, maybe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 
Yeah, I would say look like looking into a plotter might be good, although I've never actually tried it. You know, the, the adhesive material has a backing, so it just cuts through the, the top little sticker part of the material. Um, I know some people do use those that I've talked to, um, and then they have to go through like the weeding process after to, to pull the pieces off. At, at probably at every point, you're just transferring your time to a different part of the process. So pretty much, man. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the nice thing about the laser cutter is it you kind of just pick it up and all the little pieces fall out. <laughs> it's it's almost so even if you do that, you're transferring more cutting time to design time to make sure that all the right pieces fall out. We had a guy on here that built his own laser cutter. He just ordered a bunch of parts, I think from yeah. like China and built it in his shed and does it that way. That's definitely an option if you're a badass. Yeah, it's not really my skill set to uh, fumble around with lasers as a on, as a hobbyist. Yeah, I know Glowforge is just kind of the popular one. They like the big Kickstarter, and they're kind of the starting point, I think, in that market for a lot of stuff. Um, I saw one on a baking show, actually, that was different. It was a little bit cheaper. So, I mean, I don't remember what the name it was, top of my head. But same thing, like bed size, if you want to do bigger projects, it's kind of the limiting factor on those. I've seen recently... Um... Gal, I think it's called a Galvo laser cutter. Um, okay. Or, well, it's a laser. I don't know if it's a cutter, but basically I saw it on, I saw it engraving. So like engraving um, little leather flasks and it basically, so I think the Glowforge is the same as the ones that we have where the mirrors are, stationary so the lasers bouncing off the mirrors and then down onto the surface of the material and the mirror is stationary and the head of the laser just moves around to do the cutting whereas the galvo laser the mirror actually is the only thing that moves and it shoots the laser so it like does all these little tweaks and twists and it shoots the laser into whatever design that you need to make i don't know how that would do cutting things, but I think it would do well if it was strong enough. I also don't know the price point of that, so I don't know if that's good for an at-home thing. But yeah, been looking into those lately. Yeah, I don't. There's not many of us that have one at home. It's it's um, usually like a makerspace situation. You just go and and use theirs. Like the guy that was on here, he's the only person I've ever heard of building his own and using it. Well, all right, man. I know you're a busy man. I really appreciate you coming on. We usually we usually end up with we ask like if there's any tips people have for art, other artists getting into it. It's your situation's a little different, but like just from the sheer amount of stuff you've designed and painted, is there anything like you would any advice you would give to somebody that's like just getting started in stencils, like maybe to look out for if they're they're wanting to get into it just as a as a hobby? I guess the thing that's created most of our success recently is like documenting the process so kind of like with the um things growing on instagram i always looked at it as i was creating a video and not creating a painting so i don't know it just depends on what you want to do if you want to grow a big following try to document your process as much as you can and figure out how to edit videos shoot them with your phone at first or get a gopro um phone cameras are so ridiculous now it's like just set it up get a tripod and and kind of learn how to edit if you want to go that route and kind of grow your following i would recommend like videos on tiktok and instagram certainly that's like the lowest hanging fruit right now you can get to a hundred thousand followers on tiktok with one video so um yeah i mean it's it's crazy these days and yeah i think with overall advice of like making art just kind of i don't know i just do whatever whatever makes you happy you know don't i mean i think that's that's one thing where i i'm fine with it now but probably like the first few negative comments i got definitely as we started to grow a following like they get in your head a little bit you're like oh damn you know what what can i do to make that person happy but yeah don't worry about those people it gets to be we're taking um, criticism is probably almost a skill, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if I can handle it like on on the scale that you're at. <laughs> I think I would have to uh, 
outsource the reading of some of those comments? It, I mean, one, they're not very creative. Typically, it's like <laughs> one of the same three things. And then yeah. I always like to respond to them and kind of kind of clap back. And usually they can never be as much of a smart ass as I am. So right. that's, that's always kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Where should people go if they want to find you on the uh, on the socials? Stencil stop on everything. So we're at stencil stop, Instagram, TikTok, and then YouTube, stencilstop.com. If uh, if you need any custom stencils of any type, we'll we'll figure it out for you. Right on. Well, man, I really enjoyed this and really looking forward to see what you guys come up with next. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, take care. Later. Thanks again to Colin for coming on the show. So as you may have noticed, it has been a while since our last episode. So just a quick update about that. Uh, about four months ago, we had baby number three. And as you can imagine, that has taken up a lot of my time. <laughs> and since I'm such a wise man, I also took a summer class that started on the day he was born. Uh, mistakes were made, as they say. In my defense, he was born late. So I would have been in the third week of that class and not the first day, which still would have been awful. I don't know why anyone let me do that. Uh, <laughs> at the end of that first week, I messaged my teacher and was like, I might have to drop this class. This seems this seems like a lot right now. But we made it through. Baby's getting a little easier to handle now. So I want to get this back up and rolling get back on the, the one to two a month schedule. So Please send any comments, questions, or suggestions to deathbypapergutspod at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram at InThePerimeter. And I've always got feelers out for future guests, but if there are any uh, requests from you guys, please let me know. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you all next episode.